like a new Lincoln with all of its class. I like a martini and bird on the glass. I'm gonna start living. You wait and see. Nothing but the best is good enough for me. I like to eat. Hey ho! Welcome to another fascinating episode, enthralling episode of Frankly Drinking. I am your host, Lawrence. And I'm Luke, and you are listening to Frankly Drinking, the show with three pours. Wait, three songs, two pours. Yeah, don't get it backwards. All on one show. Three, two, one. Just like, just like Frank liked it. Frank Sinatra, that is. This show is going on. This is, this is episode number 15. 15, yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Lots of good content. Lots of good Sinatra content. And um, it's September. The, the summer's starting to wind down, although the, the, the temperature is not exactly <laughs> behaving, especially on the West Coast. <laughs> And here, yeah. although this is delightful this week. Yeah, great. Uh, last episode, we pulled a little switcheroo and we mm. uh, we dropped some some rum in the in the in the story. Yeah, which was delicious. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Great stuff. The what was it called? The estate, estate a single pour? estate rum, yeah. single estate rum from Richland Rum. Yeah, here in our home state, the Peach State. Richland, Georgia. That's right. We reached out yeah. to them and they reached back and uh, we connected and uh, they gave us a little special opportunity. Yeah, they did. It was it was great. Um, we've got uh, four passes to um, go on the Expressions Tour. You can go in Richland or in Brunswick. Uh, they have two locations for this and uh, we're going to give these away. We're not going to take them. I'm not taking them. Larry's not taking them. I got plenty of rum. We're we're <laughs> we're giving them to you, our listeners, who we really appreciate. And Absolutely. so, Larry, what do they have to do to enter? All you got to do yeah. is send your name in an yeah. email. Yeah, it's like snail mail these days. Oh, we, yeah. we understand, but send email. it in an email to franklydrinking at gmail dot com. That's franklydrinking at gmail dot com. It's pretty simple. Franklydrinking at gmail.com. Let us know that you want to go down to Richland or Brunswick and tour Richland Rum. Have this uh, tasting, just delightful tasting. And uh, we're going to get those. Yeah, you get to see the whole process to too. You get to see yeah. how they make it. How they make this super tasty rum. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So all you got to do is send the email in. Yeah. And we're going to pick a name out of a hat, basically. Do it before October 1st and yep. you're golden. Yep. Sometime in the next couple of weeks before October. That's so, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of before October, mm. September is very special in the bourbon world. All things bourbon. Is that right? That's this right. This month. This September, month. September special. Absolutely. Okay. September is very special huh. because September is Bourbon Heritage Month. Ooh. I like to say it that way. <laughs> bourbon Heritage Month. Uh, yeah, Bourbon Heritage Month is is a made up holiday. However, uh, it's a made up occasion, I should say. Yeah. But however, it it was basically uh, it's law, it's Kentucky law. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's official. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the thing about Bourbon Heritage Month is that uh, it was uh, observed starting in, well, at least the Senate, the U.S. Senate declared it National Bourbon Heritage Month in 2007 okay. by Jim Bunning of Kentucky. Uh, it was passed by unanimous consent. I uh, can't believe it was not even debated. Uh, yeah. But yes, starting in 2007, September was just designated Bourbon Heritage Month. And in 19, uh, I believe 91, uh-huh. uh, Bardstown, yes, in 1999, Bardstown was already hosting the Kentucky Bourbon Festival in September. Oh. So cut to 2007, and it became an actual designation. And that's why we have Bourbon Heritage Month in, in September. So in honor of that occasion, this whole month, yeah. and this episode, yeah. This is an all bourbon episode. <laughs> Nothing but bourbon, folks. Wall to wall bourbon. Wall to wall bourbon. We've got a special show ahead of you. And I understand that uh, basically the government is requiring us to drink bourbon every day this month because it, it is in honor of bourbon heritage. That's how I interpret the law. <laughs> and if you want to bring Republicans and Democrats together and Get them completely on board. All you have to do is say, what do you think about Bourbon Heritage Month in September? They're I would all, run on that platform. On board. The, the wise man board. would run on that platform. Everybody's on, everybody's on board. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like it. So we have a special show okay. ahead of us. Yes. But yeah. So, but is there any, uh, you know, we always got to check in on, on Frank because this is a Frank Sinatra yeah. podcast too. It's, it's not a... Yeah. It's not just a whiskey podcast. No, 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 no. We we got we got a perfect balance between bourbon and Sinatra on this show. That's what we're going for, at least. And um, yeah, we do have some good, uh, interesting uh, Sinatra news. Um, first of all, the Royal Danish Ballet. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, yeah. That's what we're yeah. leading with. Oh yeah, wow. oh yeah. A little, a little Sinatra. News. I mean, I, I respect the arts. I respect the ballet, but I didn't expect that. <laughs> well, um, the Royal Danish Ballet is putting on Twyla Tharp's um, Sinatra show, oh. "Fly Away with Me," starting on October second. Um, it. This is a show. That debuted here in Atlanta um, on the stage back in 2009. Okay. And my wife and I were there, Laura. We were there to see it when it first debuted. We weren't there opening night, but we were there when it was in that original run before it went anywhere else. So uh, it's a great show. You happen to be in um, uh, Denmark. Uh, yeah, for the Royal Danish Ballet, <laughs> you can you can see it. Check it out. I, I don't know if you can get in these days. Americans well, are a little uh, yeah, limited in where we can travel. But hey, if you find yourself there, or if you happen to be listening to us from Europe, then I I think it's a great show. We get love up Denmark. there. Get up there and see uh, the Royal Danish. That's really ballet. cool. Put That's this really thing cool because it's it's a great show, um, and they have a live band. The uh, the the voice is the voice. It is not someone oh, doing okay. Sinatra. Gotcha. They play the the Sinatra vocal. Gotcha. Um, they so, got the race yeah, to do that's, that. Cool. That's coming out, and that starts October second. Um, also, there was another bit of news, Larry. One more, one more from the news pile here. Yeah. Um, Breaking news. <laughs> there's a story 
about um about a song um called She's Out of My Life. This song was written by Tom Baller. And um according to a new Michael Jackson biography, um this this song, She's Out of My Life, uh was originally intended for Sinatra. Wow. Uh, the, the the writer wanted Sinatra to do it. And um, he was going to pitch Sinatra, but um, Michael's producer, Quincy Jones, said, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. I think this would be good for Michael. And so um, the song, She's Out of My Life, of course, went on the Off the Wall record from 1979. Wow. Okay. Great record. And it kind of, uh, it it was the lead in to Thriller a few years later. I really, I, I got a hard time. I have a hard time um, imagining Frank doing "She's Out of My Life." Well, I'm but, sure the arrangement was probably different. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, mean, I they, mean, they would they would make it match his his style, or he'd work with them to make oh, it fit. Sure, right? yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, I don't know the lyric. Maybe maybe I'm crazy, but you know, listen to it, give it a listen, and and yeah. see if you think uh, see if you think you can imagine. Um, Frank doing our that. Old, our old buddy Francis Albertson after doing that one. I, right. I don't know. Well, it's 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 hard for me to imagine. You know, when I hear "Fire" by Elvis, it's I, I just think of Bruce Springsteen because you know he wrote that song mm. and Elvis mm-hmm. Elvis took it. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's certain songs like that where I don't I don't know if I'm gonna because it's a Michael Jackson song. I don't know if I'm gonna picture it that way. Right. Well, Frank covered a lot of. A lot of songs in the, especially in the seventies and eighties, that had been done by other people um, and originated by them. Once we got to the singer songwriter and rock and roll era, uh, those artists who wrote the song, they did it. Yeah, Frank did it. Right, and I'm glad he did. I'm, I just don't know about this one. Yeah. So, well, anyway, that's uh, that's all we got from the news. The news has made me thirsty. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, let's play a track. I mean, yeah, this, this first glass, we can, it can wait. We can talk about it after the song, but yeah, I'm smelling it over here and I'm like, let's, let's, uh, let's get to it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and play this and then, um, we'll come back and talk about it. This Mm -hmm. is a great song. Let's give it, let's give this a listen. Let me tell Let me tell you. See, I use spirits for medicinal purposes only. Yeah. I manufactured it for medicinal purposes only. Yeah. And I started drinking what I manufactured until I drank myself out of a hell of a business for medicinal purposes only. That's right. Now, alcohol makes a big man small and can lead to a life crime. Yeah. Demon room makes a gin a bum and you can cash in before your time. Yeah. Bootleg gin puts you in a spin till you don't even know your name. Yeah. Your basket case flat on your face is only one guy to blame. Oh, Mr. Booze, Mr. Booze, Mr. Booze, Mr. That spells booze, and you gotta lose with Mr. Booze. From the 1964 musical, for medicinal purposes only, 
<laughs> wow. What it, what, that was, uh, that's, that's, yes. that's insane. What is yes. that? Well, this is, um, this is called obviously Mr. Booze. It, yeah. it was written by, um, Frank's buddies, Sammy Kahn and Jimmy Van Heusen, uh, for the 1964, uh, musical comedy film, Robin and the Seven Hoods. And it was arranged by Nelson Riddle. You heard, um, of course, Bing Crosby, Sinatra's oh, Bing's in there as he was growing up. What? Bing's in there? B- Bing's oh, in there? yeah. Bing's, Bing's big. He's the main one. He's leading the charge. And then uh, you heard Dean Martin um, and Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank. Wow. All together in this um, big number, having a heck of a lot of fun. Um, sending up sort of revival music, um, you know, church music, and doing this great, <laughs> funny song about about Mr. Booze. Yeah, yeah. That, I so, mean, um, that's when you have uh, a lot of money and a lot of powerful friends and a lot of time <laughs> on your hands to sit around and go, "Hey, you know what'd be great? Yeah. Hey, man, you know what'd be great? You know Let's do a big great. revival show." Let's do a musical comedy film about the mob, yeah. about Chicago. Yeah. And we're going to do a song about booze. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a very funny, it's a funny movie. It has a lot of, it has quite a few good numbers in it. Um, it introduced uh, My Kind of Town by Con and oh, Van Heusen. Yeah, sure. That, that was where this came from. Um, My Kind of Town, great song. And um, you're not going to find Mr. Booze. Um, everywhere. This song is pretty rare. It is on the 1995 box set that collected everything that Frank did in the studio on reprise records. And um, yeah, for his 80th, put it out in in 95 for his 80th birthday. And there you go. Mr. Booze by Con and Van Heusen. So what are we drinking by the way? What's going, what's it? What's the next thing? Uh, We're drinking uh, Mr. Booze. It's a, it's a rare indie craft label. Mm. Uh, out of Chicago, straight out of Chicago, no, right we, out of the bathtub. We are drinking. Speaking of Mister Booze, we are drinking a, a quintessential classic uh, label, mm. uh, one of the oldest uh, names in the business. It's been passed around. I'll give the history in a second, but yeah, what we're drinking right here is um, Old Taylor Six Year. This really? is age stated Old Taylor Six Year. You can't buy this anymore. Oh, really? uh, okay. Because it's not age stated anymore, but you can buy the regular non age stated. It's okay. it's considered a bottom shelf uh, if you can find it. Wow. And um, Old Taylor is named after Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes back eons in the business. And basically, he was instrumental in lobbying for the Bottled and Bond Act. So he was instrumental in getting. Uh, standards placed on bourbon mm-hmm. so it wasn't swill and you know yeah didn't kill you right so uh which we've discussed before yeah so this is we this appreciate is, that too. of course and so this is a you know this is an 80 proof i believe it's 80 proof mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. six year age stated mm-hmm. uh, bourbon but it drinks really well it, it drinks you know a lot of people seek this out because you can actually maybe still find this if you're lucky in some yeah. like hole in the wall place because the regular stuff doesn't taste this good okay yeah no this is good and i i really i'm kind of surprised that you told me it was it was bottom shelf or or as you like to say sometimes forgotten shelf because um just tasting it um i thought you might have 
you could have told me it was it was more expensive and I would have believed you because it's uh, got a nice flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I I wouldn't say this is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's um it's not my it's not my first choice in poor X. Actually, I don't touch this bottle a lot because it's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. But um for a bottom shelf bourbon, it's pretty good. Now what we're going to explore here, yeah, and the reason I chose this is because um I I believe that the Taylor line is one of three bourbons that represents bourbon and the bourbon taste uh, and the history. It's kind of like the full package bourbon, the Taylor line. You get, oh. you get, you get, you get taste, you get history and you get kind of a prestige along with the entire Taylor line. And uh, the reason that is, is because it has been well-preserved through the years. Now mm-hmm. the, the Taylor distillery was very different from other distilleries at the time. A lot of distilleries at the time were basically shacks. They were just basically like huts and buildings, you know, built up in, into the forest and around, around spring, around spring water. Yeah. So the, the Taylor distillery had a spring, but they built a castle around it. What? <laughs> they built a stone castle around this thing that still stands to this day. Now, of course, as we know from listening to the show or just in general, you know, this thing was in disrepair uh, as of 1972, I want to say, like the early 70s, the original Castle Distillery was abandoned. So by before they even reached the glut of the 70s and 80s, Taylor had kind of gone out of business and this this distillery had shuttered. And so the castle remained closed all the way until 2015. So what we're what we're talking about here today is basically the again the passing of a distillery and a brand from the Taylor Distillery mm-hmm. to Jim Beam. Jim Beam took the name Taylor at a certain point, probably in the late '60s. And you know, I'm not really too familiar with the history of where that label went, but basically, Beam owned it into the '80s and into the '90s and not. But basically. Uh, this is what we're drinking. We're drinking a, uh, a, re- a revitalized label that was uh, sold to Sazerac Company. So the six-year age-stated Old Taylor is actually uh, from the Sazerac uh, Buffalo Trace Company. So that's why oh, that's what okay. you're getting as, as, as far as their bottom shelf offering in the Taylor huh. line. Yep. Old Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's good. I mean, I again, mm-hmm. the the regular stuff, non-age state is not bad too. I mean, if you find it, I'd say pick it up. It's it's going to be like thirteen bucks. It's going to be like thirteen or fourteen dollars. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, I I'd invest in that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think the flavor, again, like I said, the flavor represents a really like it's a great. Uh, the Taylor line of bourbon is a great bourbon to start people on who who've never had or even studied or looked at bourbon seriously, you know? Hmm. And so it's a good celebration this month to, uh, to start this way. <laughs> I agree. I'll go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also going to my head a little bit. Segway, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So um, our next, <laughs> our next track from Frank is uh, from the nice and easy album uh, from 1960, which just celebrated 
um, earlier this summer, 60 years with an anniversary release. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of different versions of that, that, that came out, including a, a new, a new vinyl pressing and, uh, different CDs and all that stuff. Yeah. And if you want to get it on your, your, your streaming service, it's there. It's, it's all, it's all there and it's great. Um, this song was written in 1938, uh, music by J. Fred Coots and lyrics by Haven Gillespie. Um, and it's, it's in keeping with our theme tonight, um, uh, on this show of, um, uh, of, of drinking and, um, alcohol and, um, let's, uh, let's take a listen to this, Larry. Let's give it a listen and we'll come back and I'll share a couple thoughts. No problem. Here we go. You go to my head and you And I find you spinning round in my brain Like the bubbles in a glass of champagne You go to my head Like a sip of sparkling burgundy brew And I find the very mention of you Like the kicker in a julep or two Oh man, even the strings are intoxicating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's only one word for that, intoxicating. Well, another couple of words would be sort of ethereal and and dreamlike. I think it was written that way. And then uh, that orchestration that we heard by Nelson Riddle um, also added to kind of the dreamlike quality uh, of, of that song, You Go to My Head. Um, as I said, it's from Nice and Easy, uh, an album of ballads, except for the title track. And um, this song in particular was performed by everyone from. Uh, Billy Holiday to uh, Brian Ferry. Um, it was also used. I didn't know this, um, even though I've seen the movie uh, many times, and I, I just had slipped my mind, I guess, Larry. But it was used in the 1946 um, Bogart and Bacall film, The Big Sleep. Oh, really? So um, Sinatra's version? No, oh. no, just the song itself. I thought he might have had an earlier version. You mean the song? Gotcha. Yes, yes. The, the song the song was used then. And, of course, Frank went on to be um, very close friends with, with Bogart and um, a little bit better friends with uh, Betty Bacall at a certain point in his life. After, oh, really? Um, after Bogart passed. Um, yeah, they were an item. And oh. uh, they got engaged. They were engaged. Wait, Frank was yes. engaged to Lauren Bacall. Yes, yes. Sinatra got engaged to Bacall, and um, 
then it got out. Um, I don't know if she talked to someone in the media, she talked to somebody, it got out. And when it got out, Frank was not happy about that. And it kind of, I'm not sure it was a relationship that was going to work in the long run, but, but he did love her and he, and he, and he did propose to her. Wow. They were, they were going to get married. So juicy um, gossip. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't work out, but um, yeah. Bogart and McCall, the big sleep. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Oh, that's a great one. Great film. So good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that first pour was very intoxicating and it helped it helped that song out immensely. <laughs> even though that's a beautiful song, it was helped out even more with a six year pour. Yes. Uh, and by the way, in light of Bourbon Heritage Month, yes. we should say there is a lyric in there about how you go to my head like the kick in a julep or two. Right. Like the kicker in a julep or two. That's right. Well, it's interesting you bring up a julep because it is Bourbon Heritage Month. They moved the Derby to September this year. Uh, That's right. And um, I'm blanking on the winner's name. It starts with A. <laughs> uh, advantage? Abracadabra. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Advantage. Uh, but we're going to fast forward okay. in the history of the Old Taylor Distillery Ooh. in Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, the old the old castle, as yeah. It, and basically, in two thousand nine, the old mm-hmm. Taylor label is sold by Jim Beam to Sazerac. Okay, but in two thousand fifteen, the decrepit old castle distillery is purchased, and the refurbishing of uh, the castle is taken over by a new distiller owner. Uh, Castle and Key. And Castle and Key have purchased the old Taylor distillery and are developing it into their own distillery. We're, we're now on what, really? five years from okay. that? So, yeah, yeah. so basically, Castle and Key buy this and okay. they are contacted and um, basically begin producing uh, in a, on a contract. So, contract distilling our next bourbon, which is Pinhook Bourbon. So Castle and Key do not own this. This okay. is a contract distilled by Penhook. And Penhook releases bourbons and rise that are named after uh, thoroughbreds. So they've, they've released one that's named after a filly, but all their bourbons have different labels each year, and they're named after uh, actual thoroughbred horses. So this is a four-year... Bourbon. This is the first distillate that is made by the Castle and Key Distillery after 40 years of being dead in the water, shuttered, <laughs> closed down in 1972. <laughs> this is the first bourbon that's produced by the facility. Uh, so almost 50 years. Almost 50 wow. years. So basically, well, it's being it's being released. Uh, oh, know, right, right. Five years after, four years after. Yeah. So basically, they released a cast drink. They have a cast drink mm-hmm. bourbon, bourbon. They have a, they have this, which is a four year. They have a Kentucky straight bourbon. They have uh, a couple ryes, a cast strength rye. Uh, this is a great price point, and it's a delicious bourbon. Uh, this is Bourbon War. It's four years old. Now, the, th- the thing that's special about this is that 
they're going to release this every year until it's a certain age. So right now it's four years. Okay. But next year they could do a five or they could skip and do a six year and then an eight year and then a 10 year. So you're going to be able to taste bourbon war as it With, ages. At different ages. At different ages. Ooh, that's fascinating. So this is a four year. It's 98 mm-hmm. proof. It is not at all the same recipe as Old Taylor. It's a different company. So don't expect that, of course. It's a different, you know, different group. But what you get in a four-year bourbon, you get a lot of bananas. You get a lot of mint. I find there's a little bit of mint in this. Mm. But I, I feel like they've, they're onto something, you know, with this four-year that could grow into very delicious, uh, very delicious and robust uh, spirit. Who knows what year it's going to taste the best. Well, I guess that's what you, why you have to stick around and try the next bottle, right? Hey, check in with us 10 years from now. And we'll, uh... <laughs> but yeah, you get a, there's a, there's a little bit of, um, there's definitely some, some grain in there, but, um, and it is young, but it's, it drinks, it's not as hot for a 98 proof. It's not as hot as say uh, a heaven Hill uh, or a, you know something that else is, is at four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really good. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I mean, it, this is, uh, this is really good. Why is it Larry that it, it, there's for someone who doesn't drink a lot of scotch. Yes. Why does this have a little bit of a scotch flavor to me? So the mash bill, um, is 75% corn, 10% rye and 15% malted barley. So you're probably tasting the malted barley mm. and the age, the combination of the age of the barley. So scotch is, is malted barley. Okay. Yeah. And then smoked, peat smoked. Right. So you're going to get that kind of um, grain note in there, the cereal grain. And that's what you're tasting. Well, it, like I said, it's great at four years. I think it's going to be even better in the future, but I mean, it's, it's worth, it's worth, a taste now worth uh, going out there, seeing if you can find bourbon war. Yeah. They're going to is uh, 16 hands, by the way, if you're wondering. Yes. He's 16 hands tall. Yeah. And um, they're going to eventually conclude this at 12 years, by the way, it's not going to go on. They might keep going, but you know, they're, they're going to cap this age. Okay. So it'll be 12 mm. years in uh, 2027. Mm. So stick around until 2027 and we'll review the 12 year. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah, it's it's um it's really great and I think it's really it's a it's a great Kentucky spirit. I mean, they're really owning their Kentuckiness. <laughs> they're Kentuckians. Right. And um you know, it's what it's what bourbon heritage is all about. Boy, it's really good. I I was I was wondering if it did have a finish on it, but the finish is actually there. It's it's really good. Yeah, I think it's quite a long finish. So, and again, I think anyone's taste is going to be different. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I I I don't remember what the price point is on this, but I, I know it's it's not it's not outrageous. It's not going to you know set you back sixty or seventy dollars. I mean, some of these younger uh, whiskeys that are produced by startups are you know they're fetching you know, 120 bucks retail. Oh, yeah. That's what they're listing it at. And it's, it's probably cause it's cast strength mm-hmm. and this is proof down, but I think, I think for, you know, a proof down product, this is really great. 
and and proof down, but not too far. It's ninety eight proof, so um, and it's, it's still pretty, pretty smooth. Strong. Yeah, but it's strong, but it's it's smooth. It's not. Uh, it is. It's not gonna not gonna fight you. No. No, it's uh, it's smooth like um, like bourbon war coming down the stretch. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, you can you you basically can find these uh, anywhere right now in a in a larger shop. Um, okay. The labels are great. They, they look like uh, jockey uh, jerseys. Mm, They're yeah, designed yeah. after the the graphics on on each horse. So you're you're gonna get a, like a gold and like really vibrant colors. You're gonna get uh, pink and, and blue and like different, you know, greens. Um, and they're all kind of, you know, very recognizable from their, their graphics. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty unique. Maybe, maybe it's like in competition with, with Blanton's, which, you know, mm. really relies on the horse uh, topper. Yeah. But they're really, they're really, you know, doubling down on the Derby uh, branding. I like it. The whole Kentucky thing doubling up on, What's Kentucky famous for? Right. More than anything. Right. Bourbon and thoroughbred racing. Absolutely. And yeah, this is uh, very good. So uh, for our next song, Larry, we've got um, keeping with our with our theme here of Bourbon Heritage Month. Um, we want to play a, a song that was written in 1962. Uh, music by Doris Tauber with lyrics by... Um, the Pride of Savannah, Georgia, Johnny Mercer. Johnny Mercer. Um, we're going to hear the 1967 uh, recording by Frank Sinatra on The World We Knew. And this was orchestrated by uh, Klaus Ogerman. Uh, Klaus Ogerman got introduced to Sinatra, I think, because he worked with um, uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim. And so that's, I think, how they got connected. And then um, Ogerman worked on this song. It was the only song on The World We Knew that um, Klaus Ogerman um, orchestrated. He would go on to work with um, Diana Krall and others uh, before he passed away um, only four years ago. Wow. In, in 2016. Okay. He was 85. And um, he did a, a lovely job with this. And let's take a listen. You've heard it on this show before. We've it's a favorite played out here. with this song yeah. before. But tonight we want to just share it again and talk about it. What a beautiful song it is. Here's Frank with Drinking Again. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking again. That same old story After the kicks There's little old mixed up me Trying to lose dream that used to be Look at me, I'm drinking again Thinking all over town Yeah, I'm 
There's that low note again. Yeah. Hitting that low note. <laughs> uh, the wistfulness that you hear in, in Frank's voice and the whole idea of, of lost love and sadness. And well, there's a reason why Frank, um, Frank did these songs and did them so well. The whole tear in your bourbon, tear in your bourbon kind of song. Um, and just, just in a lovely recording and. Oh, it's the best. That, that uh, orchestration by, like I said, Klaus Ogerman. So, so good. So nice. And um, what, what did, uh, what did we say that um, Pete Hamill had said about Frank? He made, he made every song sound like autobiography. Um, I think he did. He really did it on that one. Yeah, for sure. I think that one for my baby overshadows this a lot of times because that's mm. kind of the ultimate, you know, sure. drinking song, but an angel eyes an angel eyes. Exactly. But I think, you know, if, if you had to go one, two, three, this would be yeah. unfortunately third on that list because of those yeah. other two, but it still fits in that same, that same caliber. Yes. Easily. It, it certainly does. Certainly does. Yeah. Well, speaking of caliber, <laughs> like that segue. Bumping up a caliber. Bumping up a caliber. Uh, <laughs> the Taylor brand, uh, basically now owned by Sazerac at this point, um, they end up releasing uh, E.H. Taylor, named after the original uh, distiller. And okay. E.H. Taylor, not old Taylor, but E.H. Taylor, is a bottled and bond in honor of his, his lobbying on behalf of bottled and bond and what he did for mm. the bourbon uh, business back in the day, mm-hmm. they released a bottle and bond, hundred proof, at least four years old uh, product called E.H. Taylor Small Batch. But they also do E.H. Taylor Single Barrel. They do an E.H. Taylor Barrel Strength, and they do a bunch of experimental finishes and different uh, mash bills mm-hmm. with this line. Um, Buffalo Trace does. Okay. So basically, you know, I, I wouldn't unless you're a bourbon nerd. I wouldn't go seek out these other uh, E.H. Taylors because they're super impossible to get a hold of. And, you know, if you're just want to have a nice, excellent pour, mm-hmm. E.H. Taylor small batch, you know, I like this better than the single barrel, which the single barrel is going to cost you like 70 bucks or more. This small batch is in the $50 range. Okay. Should be 45 bucks. Hmm. And it is a great daily drink. It's a nice, nice pour to bring somebody, uh, uh, gift somebody a bottle of this. Uh, Does it come in that tube? Yep. It comes in a fancy cardboard tube. Yeah. A great label that harkens back to the old label. Mm-hmm. It is a delicious bottle. You, you cannot go wrong with E.H. Taylor. Um, you know, and it doesn't really, some people will say it tastes like a Buffalo Trace product. It tastes mm. like Blanton's or it tastes like, you know, uh, uh, Eagle Rare. But, um, I find it less sweet than those two. And I find it has great notes that make it a great, mm. a great uh, bourbon expression along the lines of uh, Elijah Craig, mm-hmm. which is 12 years old, approximately. Mm-hmm. This one does not have an age stated mm. age statement on it. So it's not really known how old this is, but it's definitely older than four. It could be around the six year mark. Um, but it's a great one. 
to celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month with. It certainly is. And, um, you know, I hope that you know, you kind of check out some of the events of Bourbon Heritage Month online. Um, there's definitely some uh, YouTube recordings and YouTube videos. Obviously, they have a lot of parties and a lot of functions that you can't go to this year. Uh, but other than just an industry thing, it's actually a great month to uh, kind of celebrate the, the return to fall and kind of celebrate uh, the, the flavor that you get out of a glass. It does not taste anything like its six-year predecessor at all there's a lot more there's a lot more fruit and caramel and oak is it the same mash bill as the old taylor um i would imagine i would imagine so okay Uh, this is a hundred proof that's uh you know 80 proof so it's got to be older it's got to be well again it's not a it's not a single barrel product so oh so it's yeah so it's blended right they're blending it for this really nice robust flavor yeah yeah anyway so celebrate bourbon heritage month uh we've certainly enjoyed doing that on this episode uh with some some very cheap bourbon that you can find on shelves in certain locations and some more high-end stuff but seek it out if you if you like a sweeter uh younger profile uh when it comes to bourbon just you know buy these bourbons and uh, enjoy them or trade them you know bring a bring a pour to a friend and share it with them um it's always better with a friend. That's right. Well, speaking of that, until next time, I am your host, Lawrence. And I'm Luke. And you've been listening to Frankly Drinking. We are going to leave you with uh, a little bit more of um, Bing Crosby, Sinatra, et al. Mr. Boots. Mr. Boots. So Let's, Mr. Bring him. Let's bring Mr. this party. Boots. Crank it up. Mr. B double O-Z. That sure smells booze. You will wind up wearing tattered shoes if you mess with Mr. Booze. Don't mess with Mr. Booze. Don't mess with Mr. Booze. Mess with D double O-Z. If you've been so stiffly thought you'd die, you'll feel better once you testify. Testify.